everybody. Welcome to episode 200. 200! 100! Of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your 200 hosts, Sashia Dumont. 200 hosts. I'm the other one. 99. 99. Paul. Uh, hey, so 200 episodes, almost, what's that, four years? Almost, I right? I don't think so. 50 weeks in a year? I don't, I don't do math really good, so I'm not sure when we started this this journey, really. Um, it's been a journey for 200, and, um, you know, it's been exciting. Um, I feel like we're, in my head, we're starting the second leg of the journey. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know, really, you know, we got a whole bunch of episodes. We've got consistency. We've got some decent guests. I think it's time to step up you know and... decent guests i'm sure they'd all love hearing that you guys were decent not great but decent we've had some amazing guests <laughs> and um, i'm late for that you know, <laughs> i'll edit that no i won't no. um and so yeah i mean i i i feel like you know i wanted to talk a little bit about my plans for the podcast i don't know if you wanted to talk about yours if you had any i have no plans for the podcast i don't know i, I just know. do the podcast yeah i really want to start kind of you know uh upping the game a little bit and getting a you know i have a um a press kit and stuff ready you know that i'm working on and and going after guests that like it's funny right because we have some guests on early and then later we try to get them on again and we have to go through representation and stuff and so yeah so i feel like it's it's there's a couple be people we're waiting on that... beneficial to us that uh if we have like a press kit and we can start submitting that press kit to um agencies and stuff um and I guess, get those yeah. get those look we're never gonna have like steven spielberg or you know whoever on here but is that someone you would go after no it's okay. not <laughs> but but the higher level indie people that we i think would steven benefit spielberg from... is far from indie <laughs> yeah. he was indie at one point uh sure i'm just saying like you know my point is is that those types of What's people aren't really like beneficial to what we're trying to do is is amazing i mean i would hey if he called tomorrow and said i wanted to be on he'd be on but i feel like uh having the the i think it's just more time honestly yeah. i mean some people just aren't interested and don't like a lot of the people that uh, i'm not going to say all but a good portion of the people that i don't hear back from i don't find a lot of interviews on so uh one could beg to question whether they really like being interviewed right. uh, not everybody likes podcasts either because uh, they've sort of you know podcasts are like you know like the vegans of entertainment it's yeah. just like Everybody's oh you got your a podcast, podcast. Yeah. so you know it's not everybody's cuppa and uh so i have noticed that when i don't hear from someone i'm like you know i don't see a lot of interviews available right. of them so they probably just don't like doing interviews and that's fine and um you know other people Everybody that I have reached out to that has, you know, um, been substantial to us, at least, because saying somebody's a household name doesn't really mm. mean anything, really. Right. Tara Reid was a household name at, name at one point. I mean, the, yeah. the, what, you know. Yeah. OK. Um, so like it doesn't equate to how great you are or how talented you are. Yeah. That sounded really catty. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's because I'd seen something somewhere where. So I forget the band's name. It was like some band that uh, people were like, oh, my God, enough with this freaking song or whatever. And this person was like, you know, they're really famous in Germany. And it was like, OK. And I'm thinking to myself, like, fame doesn't equate to talent. Lots of people are famous that yeah. aren't talented. You know, like, it doesn't mean anything. People just have this obsession. Kardashians with, like, are famous. They, yeah, they're famous, but they they don't actually serve a purpose anywhere in entertainment aside from, like, you know, making parodies they're good for that i guess but like they don't actually do anything and you know so we're just gonna you know jump off episode 200 with dissing as many people as we possibly can <laughs> apparently but uh i'm just saying like uh, um when we have guests on and someone's like oh who's your favorite guest and people go like i don't really know that person I'm like that's cool like to me it's still exciting yeah. we have a guest that hopefully hopefully will come through next week i don't want to say who it is because in case it doesn't and i'm going to be a little bit heartbroken um but that like that's a person up, that I just go like I reach out to them on Instagram. Ninety percent of my reach outs are on Instagram, and they're like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> yeah. And uh, I actually did that this week as well. Oh, did you? Yeah. To who? I sent you the. the oh, to, oh, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Um, to but a, yeah, it's it's really interesting to um 
have guests that you have on and then like two years later you reach out to them and they're like yeah I'd, I'd come back but you have to go through like all my representation now and it's yeah. like holy shit like look at that yeah. that's awesome you're welcome um, right and um so a little bit of news before we do uh, a review speaking of well, i first, reached out uh, just real quick on, the, on the before we leave the podcasting i think it's it's what it's the legitimacy of it right because the the barrier to entry for a podcast is like so low you can do it on your cell phone right so i feel like a lot of people are really you shouldn't shouldn't, (laughs) a lot of people are hesitant because everybody has a podcast and you know i feel like we're well i always add the link to our podcast that they can go on it and be like oh this oh there's several episodes it's not like someone who drops an episode every eight months and says that they have a podcast also don't do that that drives me crazy when someone's like i have a podcast and i've had it for six years and i'm like why do you have 12 episodes up How is the I'm gonna like, do once a month? Yeah, like, okay. I mean, no. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so we're gonna do a review. Which, ironically, I did reach out to this director and uh, crickets. You know, yeah. so I was like, eh. I w- we waited a couple weeks, and so I'm now like, we're gonna I'm trash gonna, his film. I'm just gonna review it. Um, yeah. I like to try to wait sometimes if I can. Uh, sometimes we've had to, you know, do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk about the movie again but I was like let me wait to see if if I hear from this guy and then if not then you know we'll just we'll just review it um we didn't so like whatever it's fine uh, we're still gonna talk about the movie but before that I feel like I'm talking really fast yeah did I have anything I had no caffeine I'm no. not amped up on yeah, I got amped up on raisin brand yet, so I don't know where this energy is I got from. amped up on raisin brand raisin brand that's what yeah. did it it's my intestines are just so like those antioxidants <laughs> they're working yeah. they're like we're gonna create some bulk and matter as well, as know, we're intended show to. That people like people that talk fast because they feel like they're getting to the point. People like people that talk fast. Yeah, I find listen. that annoying. Yeah. I find myself annoying. You're not talking. And everyone's about, like, not like, ditto. You're not talking like Philip DeFranco or anything about your. Well, no, I just feel like I'm. Anyway, <clears throat> I tend to be a fast talker because I will lose my train of thought. So I'm trying to get everything out before I forget it. Sure. Anyways. Um, so a couple little mentions just in, in film news, entertainment news, what have you. Um, so there's the, I don't even, I wasn't even going to mention this, but I've had like three people text me about it now and say, what do you think about everything that's going on with Bill Murray? And I'm like, I'm Mm. not surprised. I don't know. Like, am I supposed to be surprised? Bill Murray's been problematic for years. Um, and he's one of thousands of people that I think, um are idolized and get away with treating people like shit because of that Mm -hmm. and you know the current climate can go too far for me uh in certain cases it's a catch-22 because it does good and then it also goes too far yeah um and then winds up kind of like winding back back around to to like like, being terrible because it's like well that's not it's like when you're not using the resources for the right thing you know so um, but in a case like this, it's like, look, um, I, how old is he? You know, I mean, it, yeah. are we really canceling him? I mean, his career's done, really, yeah. pretty much. You know, he's not like. I always wonder, like, like he's good to go. So it's like, if he's if he's okay with who he is, then uh, that's on him, I guess. I mean, but... we talk about it all the time. It's not going to matter in six months. Nobody's going to give a shit. Yeah, Louis C.K. Well, just won a goddamn Grammy. So yeah, it's like, what the fuck ever. But a I, I Grammy. Feel... Yeah, for his comedy album. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, see, I don't follow him anymore, so I'm Me like, neither, I don't know what the hell I, he does. I had heard that, so it's got to be true. And um, that, and that's that's just my point, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, pe- people want, he's a good example of it going too far, where it, like, it. he was exposed, right? He was exposed for what he did, literally. <laughs> like, just couldn't help yourself. Um he he was exposed for who he is mm-hmm. and it gave people the opportunity to be like, eh, you know what? I'm not really cool with that. And I don't think the guy should die or huh. anything. Right. right. Um, I think he's an asshole and he needed to take accountability for what he did and he shouldn't do that shit. And it's not right. And I, I think that that should set an example and he should be an example. Um you know, he did his time, so to speak. He bounced back in. People who still wanted to support him, support him. I'm not going to shit on somebody for you know, it. I just can't see him the same. For me, it's yeah. just like when I, I watched something of his, I don't know, maybe a year or something. Like, and I just like, I couldn't not get over the ick factor of like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? I it's just tricky, couldn't. Right? So. Because you want, you want a society that people can learn and be better and stuff. But the minute somebody fucks up, you cancel them forever. You know, if if 
all those people had it their way, they would cancel um, Louis C.K. forever. Maybe they should. I don't know. I'm not the moral police, but you know, it's 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 an interesting kind of kind of dichotomy that that they're in because it's like, well, I did this thing and it was fucked up, and it's like for me when you're older and do it, it's kind of like, well, like you're already like, what do you ha- like? You know what I mean? Like if you, you don't know by now, and you should know better. Yeah, if you don't know by now that this is wrong, I don't really hold much hope for you. But I don't know. I don't. I like to think that it's like the criminal justice system, right? People just want to lock people up. No, but ser- follow me. Um, people just, they do a crime. You want to lock them up forever and throw away the key. And it's like, well, you, you do your time and you come out and hopefully you're a better person. And uh, obviously this is, there's extremes here mm-hmm. to every case that happens. But at the same time, I'd like to think that we would leave room in our society for people to improve and get better and realize their mistakes and better themselves and move on. So you're really closing the door on that when you want to cancel somebody forever. But at the same time, it depends on what they did also, you know, you can't just, but then also what they did and the severity of that is subjective, right? To somebody exposing yourself, um, you know, locking a door and exposing yourself to, 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 women that are trying to break into a business that you hold the key to is is quite predatory and someone yeah. could be like that's actually really disgusting and you have like children so yeah. how would you feel if someone exposed themselves to your children that would be a completely different story right well they're not children okay fine but it's still they're still that and then you have somebody else who could say like you know what that is fucked up but there's a big difference between that and like literally raping people or right. drugging them and like cosbying them that's a whole other yeah, yeah. level of shit which by the way i've been watching the documentary on the playboy mansion and hugh hefner jesus fucking christ yeah that shit was i mean it's not like i didn't know it was problematic but i mean ugh. anyway so like there's that right there's there is a difference between but that's, that. But that's an interesting point, right? Because you bring up Hugh Hefner and it's like, you take any one of 50 things Hugh Hefner did and any normal person doing it would have been canceled long ago. But because he's Hugh Hefner, it's kind of baked in that he's just this creep, right? Well, I think the problem in in what... So it's perspective the, is the, a lot the, of it too, to your point. The, a lot of it when I've been watching it, um, I'm not going to review this, but I'm just going to go into this little bit, is that a lot of it when I'm watching is I can completely see people being like, these girls should have left. They wanted to be stars. They wanted to make it into the centerfold. So they did those things willingly. They didn't have to do them. There is that whole aspect of like you are a willing participant in this, especially when you're at a point where you go like, oh, I knew at that point that if I wanted centerfold, I had to sleep with him. Did you do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, I mean, you kind of got your exchange there. There is that. You know, you could see it from that perspective, but then there is also the perspective of this is a grown man who is manipulating people, and there is such a thing as some as as people. There, there is such a thing as a, as a um, a naive adult. I think people yeah. are really um, resistant to the fact that that somebody could be that naive. I've met many people <laughs> in my life. As adults that I'm like, how did you fall for that? And they just do. And so I think that that kind of adds a whole a whole other layer to it, especially when people get starstruck. Right. They they, they're promised these opportunities. And so they keep taking the next step and the next step. But then the opportunity never quite comes. And now you're like, oh, shit, I've already exposed myself literally. literally. And I didn't even get centerfold because I didn't realize when I first did those photos, that this was going to be the hook. Yeah. That I was going to have to sleep with this guy. And that he was having them sign contracts that they had no copies to. So they didn't even know what the fuck they were signing. And then he essentially owned them. So what was happening was, like, you signed this contract, so now you belong to Playboy. So they weren't allowed to do anything else. If they tried to get work elsewhere, they couldn't. So they couldn't survive. So it's like they had to live within this world, within that contract, hoping to get by. Um, it, you know, it's it's a slippery slope with how much people tolerate and take and how far you go and all of those things. But uh, yeah, anyway, this just went into a whole other thing. But yeah. like that with the Bill Murray thing, I don't they haven't said what he did that the set got shut down or they haven't they didn't name the name on, yeah. on what happened. Um, but, you know, we all heard the shit about Lucy Liu and him being an asshole. So it's like Chevy Chase is another one. Complete fucking asshole. You know, it's like a separate the art from the artist kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but at what point does that person, is that person held accountable for just being a dick? I don't know. <clears throat> Especially with movie stars. I mean, if movie stars, actors, it's like, uh, it 
it's a little easier to separate the art from the artist because there's so many more people involved in a film. Not if you're Jared Leto or James Franco. Yeah, I mean, there are exceptions. <laughs> or Shia LaBeouf. I just there don't like it. There are exceptions that, you know, when you have extreme cases like them and then you're like, well, if this company is willing to work with that type of person, then I'm, I'm not interested and interesting and that sort of thing but at the same time if i don't know separating the art from the artist can be tough sometimes because i have a lot of love for actors that like what if you found out or that parts or what if you movies. found out that bruce campbell was like right a predator I'd, I'd it would be devastating to me yeah you know i mean same with jackie chan jackie chan was my hero for the longest and like no he didn't like rape people but he's He's a misogynist. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the, he doesn't have the, the the healthiest view of women, and it's like, what do I do with that? You know, does that does that remain though? Like, didn't? Yeah, I'm sure he's better now. You have to be in the in this climate. No, but, but I think like. I can absolutely understand that in as his younger self, right? Because you have this really male-dominated field uh, in a culture where it's like this is for men and not for women, and so mm -hmm. that's that's sort of that's that's ingrained in you. Um, right? There's I've been like, going down this uh, Michelle Yeoh rabbit hole. I was just about to say, like, I, I know she's mentioned a person, and she means Jackie Chan. Well, she's that... literally said on Conan O'Brien. I watched this one old episode of her after like Supercop or whatever. And she was literally saying that Jackie Chan doesn't think women should be doing stunts except yeah. for Michelle. Michelle's okay. So that's kind of how she got into it. But at the same time, he doesn't feel... At that point in time, I don't know what his feelings are now. I'm sure yeah. he's got women on his stunt team. But um, at the time, he didn't feel like women should be doing stunts. And it's like, okay, that's that's a rough one for me because <laughs> yeah. it's like I he was a huge insp you know, uh, like inspiration for me. Younger, coming up, I have like 50-something... But copies there's of also his films a difference. And... Like, I'm not saying it's okay, right? But there's a di there's a difference between somebody saying, "I don't like." If someone just asks you, "Do you do you think women should be doing stunt work?" and you say, "No, I don't." There's a difference between that and then harassing the women that are on set. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's a mindset that's like, "Well, that's unfortunate," but like lots of people's grandparents think that way, right? Your meemaw and your pawpaw probably have some really interesting thoughts, mm -hmm. and you kind of have to separate. The person from the yeah. grandparent and be like, they're still a good grandparent, but they just have these kind of crooked yeah. uh, opinions that are old fashioned and, you know, the, the, it's it's baked in. And I mean, yeah, for Jackie Chan, he was born in the 50s. So it's like, you know, I get that mindset and I'm sure he's come around a bit to it. But, um, you know, uh, and I and I don't think uh, I don't know him at all, obviously, but I don't I don't think he necessarily thought women were pieces of shit and they shouldn't be doing yeah there is stunts. a difference it's just like this kind of you know so so it's it, it goes to that grayscale thing and subjective right somebody could hear that and be like well fuck that guy women right. could do stunts but then somebody could look at it and be like well i kind of understand where he's coming from and he's changed and adapted with the times and stuff who knows if it was on his own accord or if his if his team sat down and said listen you got to let women fucking do stunts jesus christ yeah um but he's done he's been in films where women are fighting and women fight in in even his older older films so um yeah i don't know it's uh, tricky same with yeah. tom cruise tom cruise was a huge inspiration for me when i started doing the acting thing but as we all know he's kind of like, and he's a nutbag he's kind of a nutbag yeah yeah so, to, yeah way to start off our episode by <laughs> going crazy on people well um well no it's just because several people have like texted me and i'm like i guess i'll i'll address it but you know what do i think about it i think it's typical you know and yeah. we don't know what he said so i don't really know or when I, or any of that stuff right? I, I mean it's been recent because the set oh. which all i have to say is that this this film was written by aziz ansari also starring him he's a he's a slippery slope mm -hmm. um and then Seth Rogen, which I'm sorry, like, that's James Franco's best friend. I don't care what you say to the press. That's still your fucking best friend mm -hmm. and you're culpable. So I don't like him either, <laughs> to yeah, be quite honest like with you. Yeah, it's found out with everybody. There's so, no... like, Seth Rogen, Bill Murray, and Aziz in one film. I'm like, there's no way I was ever watching yeah. that. That's just, uh, that whole set was just iffy. All you needed was Franco on there and it would have just, you know, yeah. tied everything together. But, yeah, Seth Rogen for me is... Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really... I'm sure that if you met him and you were friends with him, he you would think he was a super nice guy. As a, as probably, I'm sure but... He probably is a nice guy, but at the same time, you're... you're it's the company you keep, and exactly. you're choosing to do that, you, so... You know, you're, you're, you're abate, abetting, right? Aiding and, and abetting. abetting that whole thing, and there's no way you didn't know. He knows way more than You any... worked with him several times, yeah. like... Every, you, know you know way more than even the, you know, the, the public knows about him, and so... Um, it's the same way I don't, I'm not really like the biggest Ben Affleck fan because 
they did the same thing with Weinstein. You know, they yeah. were really close and, with yeah, Weinstein. Yeah, but you know what? Every like, if you're gonna if you're not gonna know, be cool I with know. people that that were, I, know, I mean, Tarantino. For fuck's yeah. sake! I mean, you know, Weinstein. Yeah, I guess that's kind Weinstein of... ran deep. You're not going to like a whole lot of people uh, in in that case. Um, but it's hard to know exactly <clears throat> what they knew, right? Because there are some people that knew him but never knew that side Look, of him. I, you know, you have to think of think of a think of school, think of a workplace. How long does a secret last in an office? Right? That shit goes through immediately, and then everybody starts talking about it. There's no way that this man was not known for what he was doing right, and that yeah. everybody knew that. There were probably a, a few like people that that didn't work for Weinstein that were like, I don't know, I don't, you know, but you hear it down the grapevine. There's no way that the majority of people had not heard this about him. So this is the, the, the it's again, it's a very, very strange situation. Um, I don't know what the hell happened. What's, what's happened with him? Is he in jail? Did he Weinstein? die? I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> Who cares? Uh, but I'm sure he'll anyway, make a comeback. That was, I doubt it. <laughs> I think that's one we can get behind the scenes, sure, because sure, he's got yeah. the money, but he's never going to be showing his face again like he did before. I mean, he did show up at that comedy club with some balls on him. But anyway, um, so there was that. Then we're going to jump into the Netflix thing. We talked a little bit about this, but we didn't get too uh, uh, detailed because we wanted to kind of save it. So. Uh, so Netflix is talking about doing an uh, ad version. Yeah, like I guess ad like supported. like a, a a more affordable uh, version of Netflix where you would opt into having to deal with ads. Um, first and foremost, that just seems that's like that's like asking people, uh, you know, if they want to get rid of drive-throughs. It's like, who would go backwards? Who would be like, no, you know what? The convenience, I'm not into that. Let's all have to get out of our cars and go back in there again. Like, it's just like, who would really want that? I, I can't imagine people lining up for that. Maybe a handful of people will be like, uh, yeah, sure, I'll take it. Um, well, but it's going to depend on the pricing. My pro Well, unless it's like $5, I don't see who would want to sit through ads, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have companies that started with ads like Hulu, for instance, if you don't have hulu without the ads then you have to sit through them our problem was we used to have hulu without the ads and then once we got hulu live we couldn't opt out of the ads which right. sucks because right. it's live so you can't get rid of them but um, even even the pre-recorded stuff if you watch it within a certain amount of time of it being released push, the ads are still yeah there. it pushes an ad on you and but i'm that's, like but to your point that was always baked in from the beginning that was always baked in so yeah. that's that's one thing but Imagine going backwards, you know, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So and like, where do you place them? Because a lot of these shows, like when you watch a show that has ads like on Hulu, mm. you can kind of sense how the um, the ad placement is set up within right. the, the structure of the show and how it's written um, for the most part. Um, but then just throwing ads, they're going to put them on movies as well and, and shows like where do you are they going to go through each each uh, piece of you know, uh, content and like, all right, let's put an ad here because there's a lull and, you know, like finding places for ads. Are they just going to, is it just going to be automated where they randomly put them in? Yeah, I just don't understand. I don't really get, um, I, I guess, the um, the guise of being like, oh, it's so that we can make this more affordable. Like, look, they lost 200,000 subscribers. They also cut service in Russia. So you're going to lose a shit ton of yeah. people. But this goes back into the way corporations function where they go, this is the most people we've lost in 10 years. What really does that mean for you? Because now right. you have like uh, the, the, this, this plethora of executives that are like, so I'm going to have to only live off of $5 million this year? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, and it's just like, yeah, no, you still the company still has a lot of money and um, not getting a hundred thousand dollar Christmas bonus this year. Like this is where yeah. people sort of uh, I don't understand it's like, that. It's like hard to feel sorry for them. It, yeah, I don't feel sorry for you. It's... You still have plenty of money even having lost those people. And yeah. for me, it's that veil of like, oh, this is just so that we can make it more. Uh, affordable and accessible to people and it's like no, okay but so you're you getting money, money from the ads yeah. so not only are you getting money whatever discounted price you're setting for this service the whole point of it is that adding ads into it means you're getting paid by that company so now you're making money hand over fist so yep. it's it's bullshit like just say 
I would have more respect respect if they were just like, yeah, we want to make more money, <laughs> so but, we're gonna but, start but shoving that, ads that and be things. Be a valid argument where they're like, just look, say that. look, we we're losing money, or we want to make more content for you, and we're not making enough money to make that content, so we're bringing in ads to make more money to make better content. I mean, there's a there's a valid argument for that, and I yeah, I would have. Much Can more I make respect. a suggestion? What? Don't spend thirty million dollars an episode on Stranger Things four. Yeah, because no one asked for that shit. Well, um, it's their most popular thing, I think. Is so. it though? Is it like who really gives a shit about that movie anymore? That a movie show. that show. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, you're gonna watch it because listen, I would not even watch this if you weren't gonna force me to watch it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Uh, like I said before, these kids are like half of them have osteoporosis at this point, right? Uh, they're closer <laughs> yeah. to retirement than they are childhood. They're it's grown. Been three years. It's fucking weird. Like you're just watching a bunch of teenagers running around, yeah. and the the storyline is not as good as it was in the first season. That first the whole season, though, was the first season was amazing. The appeal by season two for me dropped by 50 percent by are, three i didn't even care what was happening and at, at four i couldn't be any less interested in in, in the storyline anymore like just ended already 30 million dollars an episode that's yeah. insane to me well yeah arcane had like i don't remember okay but look what you're getting million. for that arcane was insane i didn't i didn't sit down and watch it like you did but i did see it and it's like i understand the amount of work that goes into that but with this it's just like this doesn't deserve 30, 30 million dollars an episode i just really don't get it yeah i don't, know. I, I don't understand like a lot how of about visual effects this year don't do shit like that you know? yeah i mean there's no way that the numbers weren't dropping as the seasons went you know so i don't understand why they waited this long to end it and then to be like all right so here's going to be the but i don't know how many episodes there are for this yeah, season yeah but I mean, they're at splitting 30 it in two, million... so it's got to be at least. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, of they are. Christ. That's their new jam. <laughs> it's like when you, they they did that in the, with films too, where they, like Harry Potter did it and a couple other franchises did it, where they would do a trilogy, but the last film, they would just make two films out of it. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I didn't think they were doing that. I just wanted this to be over with already. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. so the, the whole thing with Netflix, I, I, I cannot imagine the, the the demand for that type of service. It seems sort of bizarre to me that this is yeah. um, this is but is it, a lot the of direction they're going. It's going to depend on the pricing because if it is $5, then all right. But but to your point, I think no matter, even even if it's free, I still feel like they'll make more money off the ads they're, they're, they can run on that because the platform is so popular they can run and make more money off the ads than they would ever get with the money i just hate that fake uh the 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 fake concern for the consumer yeah it's so it's so ridiculous and it's so saccharine it's like no you don't give a shit about the consumer because if you wanted to make it more accessible for consumers then you would make it more a la carte right and you would be like hey okay you can get netflix for ten dollars a month but you don't get any of the kids shows or you don't get the new releases you have to wait Sure, three yeah. months or four months to see new releases and you know that kind of thing and lots of people i think would would opt for that over what they're doing so. really because no. i don't like right now they're saying hey you want to go see this movie in the theater yeah i really do but you know what i'll wait a month because you're gonna make it available for me to stream so i'll wait yeah and i won't go to the theater and deal with that whole thing and pay all that money like batman i'll just wait to see yeah like batman, batman if i knew that soon. shit was gonna come out that soon i i mean you would have wanted to go anyway yeah. but I wouldn't have bothered. I would have been like, oh, I'll just wait till it's available on HBO, <laughs> which it was. There's plenty of people that, especially when you have a queue of 200 things to watch, if it's like, oh, you have to wait another three months to watch this, I think plenty of people would be like, all right, fine. Maybe. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll just wait. I have a whole, I have all this other shit that, you know, I still haven't watched. So, yeah. like, whatever. Um, all right. One more thing before we go <laughs> into the review. Um, and this one is that I guess, like, a couple of, um, projects involving will smith have been put on hold indefinitely Mm -hmm. or whatever um a lot of people feeling whatever way they feel about that uh personally i don't really see the point in doing this this is uh this is where for me cancel culture if you will uh doesn't really work because this has already been made um and uh for the most part depending on with exceptions of like royalties i mean you to get money afterwards he's been paid for his work for the most part, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, what the agreement was, he's got plenty of money, so you're not hurting him, really. Um, but right. who you are hurting are all the people that worked on these projects that 
now will not get to see right. the fruit of that. Right. So all of his co-stars that would have no way of knowing that he was going to lose. That, well, that that's need, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like all of his co-stars who had no idea he was going to lose his shit on stage. The DP who had no idea, the gaffers, the hair and makeup department, the, uh, you know, catering services. None of yeah. these people, um, the extras, tons of extras that, you know, probably got like... Uh, you know, we're psyched that they made it onto a Will Smith yeah. set, and now nothing's going to come of that because he did something. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't. It's it's a yeah. really ineffective way of punishing someone. Right. It's one thing I, if he it. like raped somebody. I mean, we always go to rape yeah. as like this thing, but like you know, well, what he, he did was like... what he did was wrong. Obviously, I mean, you kind of know where we stand on that. But yeah. at the same time, it's like I don't feel like this is some kind of offense where he needs to like go to social jail for twenty years. You know what I mean? Well, like the, I picture the studios being like oh let's just wait till this blows over like yeah. it's not going to yeah. not in the way you think it's going to like will people eventually get over this absolutely sure. they will and it'll happen sooner than you think but the people that weren't going to watch this because of will smith are not going to watch right. it in six months right. you'd might as well release it and just let it fly like it's a loss right? yeah. you're going to lose people because of what he did and then you're going to gain some people who will just you know like to stir shit and they're going to watch it on purpose yeah, yeah. or won't because they'll sit there and support him but then not watch the movie or show or whatever i think one of them is like he narrated something um but a lot of work it went into that and uh, that really sucks for that production because yeah. You know, are they responsible for something that he did after the fact? No. Yeah. Um, so that that just. But they have make to look sense. at it from a business perspective and maximize their profits. Will they get more money if they release it now, or will they get more money if they release it in six months when they feel it'll die down a little bit? I don't think it's going to make any difference. Like. Right. I but to them, I have not to them, rushed to watch something with Will Smith. You know? know, and I don't. But here's the thing: I think Will Smith is a fine actor. Like he's a good actor. Um, but for some reason, like, uh, I, I don't know, he's never really blown me away in anything. You know, I just, um, I, we didn't I, see this movie, obviously. Just no, we didn't. I didn't watch, um, the, the Serena Williams one either. I had it on my queue, but I, I hadn't watched it yet. Mm. Um, Pursuit of Happiness. He did a great job in that. Like mm -hmm. he does a great job at being emotional and shit. Um, um, what's the other one that I'm thinking of, uh, with, that where he plays the matchmaker like it's Hitch? yeah it's like it's funny enough right it's like okay that's like a rom-com that's like yeah funny parts but i wasn't like oh my god no one else could have played that um ali i guess probably would mm -hmm. be like a big one for him you know um he does a, a a good job i just he's just not like at the top of my list i don't sure. um he's not my favorite person I mean, yeah. but it, he is obviously talented um i just don't think that it's going to make a difference really waiting. Yeah. Anyway, the gossip. Oh, my God. <laughs> now that we're done with our Wendy Williams moment for episode 200, how do we want to ring in 200? Caddy as shit. Yeah. Um, so this film. So when people are like, oh, my God, 200 episodes. That's amazing. Let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're just a bunch of bitches. Got yeah, you. Gotcha. Um, we have some good guests. Go back and listen. Yeah, go listen. We just have bitchy moments. Everybody does. We're not perfect. Yeah. Um, so this film, speaking of, hey, will I wait for this? I did. I'm going to admit this was up on uh, Prime and I was like, OK, this looks interesting. I kind of want to see this. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit cheap right now because, you know, we pay a lot for streaming services. So it's like, do I really want to drop, you know, 15 bucks or whatever they're charging for this? Mm -hmm. I waited, I think, maybe two months and boom, it was on Hulu. Yeah. Um, the name of the movie is Mass. And uh, the director is director writer is Fran Krantz, which obviously that's I, I was hoping to get him on because I love a director writer. Yeah. Um, uh, starring Jason Isaacs, Martha Plimpton, um, Ann Dowd, and Reed. Is it Bernie? I don't know. I can't. Like I'm just terrible. I think it's Bernie. Um, also, uh, Brita Wool. She has like a, a small part in mm -hmm. it. Um, Michelle N. Carter and Kagan Albright, like the main actors that, that kind of showed up yeah, throughout it. Yeah, this is it. very, um, I mean, this must have been... came out in 2021, so it's yeah. a pr pretty new... The locations film. were just like, you know, he had like three locations. I, this is why I was really hoping to have him on, because this yeah. was brilliant, right? This was this is a film that uh, I always tell myself, that's not going to work, right? As a, When I sit down to write something and I go, well, I have these major... Um, like constrictions on what I'm able to write because it's always comes down to location 
And it's hard enough getting one location, let alone two, three, four, 12 locations. And so they, I don't know how this is, I would have loved to have asked them. I don't know, like what came first? It's like a chicken or egg thing. Did you yeah. have the concept and you were like, oh, it just so happens we'd only need one location or was it the other way? Or, you know, did you think of how to film something in one location? Mm -hmm. They got a church, which is like easy enough, honestly, I think. Um, Especially for the subject matter. Yeah, for the subject matter, it worked perfectly. And, you know, we always, when we ask people and we let people know that we're filming right away, they kind of get suspicious and assume it's like porn. Yeah. Um, but this worked perfectly. And I thought for, you know, it's not the first time something's been filmed in one location. This has been sure. done several times, but um, it doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like this was filmed in this location because that was the restriction. It just so happened to be that this all took place in one room, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just worked so well. It worked so, so well. And everybody did such a great job. The actors did amazingly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is a film that I'm like, this, I, it's, it's, it's an indie, it's an indie-ish film. And so it's not going to get the recognition that the bigger films got. But mm -hmm. like, this is, this is what frustrates me about like award shows and things like that. Because I felt like this deserved much more oh my God, yeah. attention than it's gotten. Yeah. So much more attention. I think, you know, everyone becomes so obsessed with like celebrity status and oh, well, you know, if something's going to be up for if you're up for an Oscar, then you have to be super famous. And it's like, no, you just have to for me, like just give a good performance, mm -hmm. which they did. And so Everybody. this is why I don't put I don't put weight into those award shows because it's like it has nothing to do with your talents. Um, everybody did so freaking well. Martha Plimpton did so well. I loved like, uh, God. I you know, it's <laughs> like you forget that how good why she is yeah you know famous, well first of all quote, she's quote. always for me I so i go back to goonies like every single time sure. i see her see her i go back to goonies because that's where i first saw her um as a kid but um shit i don't know like so basically I mean, when you're signing up for a film like this and you know it 100 percent rests on the performances mm -hmm. you have to you have to be an actor actor's actor right like you have mm -hmm. to be someone who just loves acting and loves character development and loves that stuff otherwise this isn't appealing to you you know mm -hmm. um and so i feel like films like this always draw those type of actors in and they end up killing it because they're just so um uh, passionate about what they're doing yeah and it's like I mean, the, 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 I don't know. the film is, it's so, it's such a powerful piece, right? It's, it's kind of like a piece of art in that way. Where well, so like, it follows two families yeah. that have been, have been affected by an active shooter at a school. So one, uh, the victim shooting, and one, yeah. the perpetrator's parents, and they're kind of getting together to sort of, I guess, answer the questions they need answered or have some type of closure. Mm -hmm. Um, but as expected, there's going to be conflict in that. And, um, that was where I loved Martha's character so much because I I I will I mean I I don't have children so I will not be in that situation of knowing uh, luckily I'll, I'll never have to know what that feels like but I just imagined I would probably respond a bit like she did it's like this indifference where you're like I'm agreeing to this because I am looking to get something from you for closure but yeah. I still don't fucking want to be here <laughs> yeah and um she just had this really standoffish kind of demeanor mm -hmm. um I don't know. And then Anne Dowd, you know, she dowds everything up. Yeah. Like the you you know when Anne Dowd's speaking, like you never you're never tricking me into thinking that's somebody else. She's very yeah. distinctive voice and tone. Um But she's so like, it's a perfect character for her. She's so good because it's like you watch her in, in um Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. and you're like it's Aunt Lydia. You're like, This 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 woman is evil. You <laughs> watch her in this and you're like, Wow, you really empathize with this person and so she was also She's in a really so good, good in indie that. film called Compliance. It came out many moons ago. It was a really, really good film. Um, I won't, you know, I'm going to review it because it was pretty old, but I would check that out. That was like in, like, before, way, way before Handmaid's Tale, yeah. and she was really well known. But, you know, she goes from that to hereditary. Like, she, she has, she has this great range, but it's just that she has this very soft way of speaking. So, it, you know, you just know it's going to, it's her. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I really, th this film kind of sat with me for a while. Like when it was yeah. over, I was like, wow, that was really very well written, yeah. very well directed. Um, because here's the thing with these films. A lot of times when you watch a film dealing with this kind of thing, it's, you feel like you're being preached at or mm -hmm. preached to, or, you know, that, that there's some kind of agenda. Um, and I really feel like he did such a great job balancing the putting, 
the things that you would ask that you would think you would ask in those situations and also like the the like the the actual aftermath of what would happen in those situations and so um it was it was so good that way in that way and it was not i didn't feel it was very preachy about like hmm. stop gun violence and there this is the thing and you know you how you feel going in is how is how you're going to feel going out i feel like but you're going to see this experience unfold that kind of it's like going to frustrate you, but then it's also going to like, you're going to be like, yes, I, that's, you know what I mean? Like you're going through the whole gambit of, of the issue that they're dealing with, you know, of mass shootings and how, how does it, how does it get this way? You know, there was this great section of the film where they talk about like, how did you not know? And, and, you know, when he did this, then you should have known. And it's like, mm-hmm. you think about that, that situation, right? I mean, that's, the question people always ask it seems like when yeah. there's a there's a, a shooting like this we're like well did this person have any signs and it's like if you really think about the signs that led up to a mass shooting or or this well, type in of many scenario cases, there have been and that's where the sure. parents are problematic for sure right but then you also can look at well these signs come up in people all the time and they don't shoot people mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. it's this weird balance of of um wanting to get somebody help if they need it but then also like not trying to overreact or whatever and so i think it's, it's also weird like kind of thing they what i liked is that he focused more on the mental health aspect rather yeah. than the political aspect sure, yeah. of it he kind of got more into the fact that like you know i think there is a there's a certain blindfold that parents wear when it comes to their own children yep. obviously we're all aware of that um but at what point do you become culpable uh right. for what you let go and didn't pay attention to i I can't even say this last school shooter because there's probably been 10 since the one that I'm referring to, but this... And then the, three more before Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, I don't even know. It's it's like a national pastime in this country, but um, the, the one where they arrested the parents as well because mm-hmm. they gave... The kid had a gun and he was, you know, in a case like that, it's like, yeah, you're... The fact that when they, they showed the, the text between the parents, they knew it was their kid already. So it's like, so you expected this. And so you are responsible because you knew this was coming and you did nothing about it. In this film, I think the case was just more that it was like a subtlety and seeing a kid that doesn't necessarily get necessarily get along with everybody. But he had friends. But he had friends, but but struggled. And so it's like, how do you gauge that? Um, You know, I think until I became a step parent, I was absolutely the type of person that was like, the kid that you have is the kid that you raised. Right. That's on you. However way your child turns out, that's on you. And you created that and becoming not even a parent, but but a full time step parent. Even still, I was like, oh, I see. You don't always have control. You can do everything the way you think it should be done and you try your best and kids going to make a decision one after another that you're like, who are you? Yeah. Like, where, what household did you come from? Like, there's no way that, you know, we that we ever raised you to think that that would be a good decision or something. Yeah. And so it wasn't until after that that I kind of started to be a bit less naive about the fact that, you know, there are plenty of times where you can do what you think is right and, and, and play by the rules, and but they're still people. Right. And your kids are going to do whatever they do. And who you are with one set of friends is not who you are with another. Who you are with your parents is absolutely not who you are with your friends. So it's tricky. And I think that's what they were getting into is that the side that they saw. I mean, they can't speak for who he was outside of their home because they don't know because he didn't he didn't show them that side. And I I think it's just in the in it's such a, you know, these Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer had friends. Yeah, you know what I mean. These people have sides to them. They they don't you know they and pick and choose. You know, and and I think that the really powerful part is they're both victims of this shooting, right? Right. You know where the the one couple is a literal victim of their son being killed by the other person's son. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. Was it two boys? Was it a boy got shot by another boy, or was it a girl that got shot by? Th- there was their son, but other people got shot. Yeah. Yeah. But then the parents of this person, depending on the, the level of culpability that you assign to them based on your own experience in life and stuff, you know, th- their son also ended up killing himself. And so they got to They got to deal with that. And then so as the couple that whose son got murdered um, are looking to are looking to blame the other parents. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's obvious. It's kind of like an, a reaction that I, I'm sure 95% of the parents that deal with this kind of tragedy want to do is they want to they just want to blame somebody and if that kid isn't alive anymore then they want to blame the parents they mm-hmm. just need that blame and so it gets really tricky in that 
every situation is different. Obviously, there's no one size fits all kind of thing for that, depending on the level of uh, the situation that happened. But I feel like that's such a that is such an interesting and powerful kind of uh, uh, message, you know. And and how do you how do you deal with that, right? I mean, that's it's just got to be yeah. You know, there was I, I don't know. It was just it was beautifully done the way the 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 sort of um, it, the way it escalates. Yeah. Through the film, you know, it starts off where there's this massive tension because, you know, you can kind of figure out like, all right, uh, I didn't go too much into the, you know, to the synopsis of it because I wanted to kind of go in blind. Mm-hmm. But I figured this was going to be like a school shooting type of thing. And I, knew I, about I, it before. I, I figured I like Martha Plimpton and and uh, was God, what's his name? Jason Isaac. Yeah. Jason Isaac were, you know, on, on the 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 side of of the child that had been a victim of a shooter. So, you know, I I figured that out. And so, you know, it was, there was a tension. Yeah. The way this was filmed so brilliantly that, I mean, I was literally sitting there like, oh my God, like, (laughs) it was really uncomfortable in the best way. And then ended in this, like, you can see what, I mean, you don't know what the parents of the shooter, uh, what their marriage was like prior to it. Mm Mm-hmm. But you could see what it had done to their marriage. Yeah. There was this massive disconnect with them. There's this guilt that they carry. Um, and Dowd's character kind of coming back to just sort of be like, yeah, you know what? There was a moment. And I I wish that things had gone differently. And then they just kind of have, you know, it was like it had, um, it almost had this uh, like a religious spiritual feel without cramming it down your throat. Like watching it as as an atheist i wasn't watching it like oh god here we go like they're gonna join together in church and it just had this like i don't know there was just kind of like this soothing calming spiritual moment that wasn't forced and it wasn't aggressive you know it was just like yeah they're in church and it wasn't so much that they were um that they that they met this cohesive front because of god but more so just because they finally had the closure. They happened to be yeah. in a church. Um, and yeah. that just all sort of worked out for them, but it, as best it can. But I just think, honestly, this is probably one of the better films of 2021. Mm-hmm. I wish we had seen it then, um, but it'll be in like, it'll be in my best for this year when we do like our thing at the end of the year of the best yeah. films. Like it really, it really resonated. And it's one of the few films that, I would probably sit through again if it was on or if somebody was like, oh, I didn't see that. You know, there's a lot of movies that are great. And you're like, I it, that was great, but I'll probably never want to watch that again yeah. for some reason. I don't know. Like it, it like it's like it's like a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It wasn't a bad relationship, but it's over and I just don't want to go back to it. Um, this is just one of those films. I don't know. That just like I would watch that again. Maybe there was like little things that we missed or I don't know. I just think that the fact that. Martha Plimpton didn't get more recognition for yeah. her yeah. her performance. I mean, everybody did great, but she just really like kind of stole the show with just the mannerism that the character had. Just the mm-hmm. this very it's like it was like this. She wanted to be warm, but she had been so jaded and scarred by everything that she yeah. just had this coldness about her. Uh, but you could see that it was really weighing down on her, yeah. and uh, that's not easy to portray. You know, it takes a no. really strong actor to be able to like. Over a period of two hours, I think it was probably like a two-hour yeah, movie. It was a pretty long movie. Um, over a period of two hours to kind of go through the that that the whole gambit of those emotions, you know, like that's not. Um, it takes a really a really skilled actor to be able to to do that. And just and from a from a just from a technical standpoint too. I mean, taking this concept of um, people sitting at a table for almost two hours. How do you shoot that without mm-hmm. feeling? monotonous and boring and here's the same angle over and over again you know it's that thing of like when you're just dis- good story writing that's all it takes well that but you know there is there is a lot that goes into blocking and, and shot selection oh for, for this sure stuff like i don't i don't mean like nothing else is important but i just mean like that's the importance of a good story like if you have a if the story and the performances are good you can sit in a room for two hours yeah but I and feel still like be completely the, the invested this assignment from the dp's perspective is like so much more tough than a, a, a 
in my opinion, is it can be tougher than a narrative where you have several locations and interesting places to go. And it's like you have just like this kind of boring room and you have to make that cinematic and interesting, right? Regardless of the subject matter, every DP and camera person out there wants to make but don't you Something think those things aesthetic. go hand in hand? Because 100%. like this isn't, but it's not a bells this, and whistles, right? right so this isn't where you're like getting, you know, you're not stretching. You're yeah, you're not story. stretching you're... your DP skills in, in yeah. something like this because you only have one thing to look at. But when you, as a DP, have a strong story. But it still has to be visually story. interesting in, in some way. And I just oh, feel sure. Like, it's like for the me. The technical it, side of that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's like when you're trying to design something and, and you're like a lot of times designing simple clean things are tougher than designing things that are a little more busier because um, you don't have anything to um, fall back on so if you're look if the performances were bad in this then this it's movie over. is it's over you know so while the dp's job in the in the in their department is so crucial in in not making you feel um not making you feel like bored or repetitive or any of this stuff so much of it so much of their job can be done knowing that these performances are good so it's okay to sit here for a little bit longer because the story's good and the dialogue's good and the performances are good well, but what i mean so was you, as a dp you can lean into that what i mean is that when a deep when the dp is presented with this script they're not taking this because of the visuals right Right. That's what I mean, is that it's all about the story. Right. The DP read yeah, the story differently and they were like, OK, film yeah, for sure. I'm in one room. I don't have a sprawling field yeah. or, you know, I don't have magic hour and all of this other shit to depend yeah. on. I have I'm not a bringing room. a crane in. Yeah. We don't have <laughs> a drone coming in like none of we're not relying on any of that. So the, D, the DP, I would imagine, is going into this 100 percent because this script is strong enough. And these, the performances are going to come in. And so then they work with that. But if that story had not been as, um, I refuse to use the word titillating. <laughs> I can't because I'm an adult. Um, but whatever the equivalent of that would be, if the story did not have that oomph, I can't imagine that the DP would be like, I can't wait to do this. Yeah. You know, because what a challenge to be stuck in one room. Yeah. But when you read that script, it's like, yeah, I'm going to I th then I, I feel like at that point you have to then like sort of like retrain yourself because I, as a DP, you're you know, you're taught to rely on the environment. Oh, these be and of course, the more beautiful an yeah, environment, yeah. the more fun your job becomes. Right. Because you get to have all these lovely visuals. Right. But when your visuals are like a dank old church room, yeah. you're not relying on the giant Some crazy blown out windows that you can't yeah, yeah like that there's just like what are you going to do there's nothing i can do with that that focus those angles become the emotion of the character yeah. and that character is emotional because of the script yeah right so it's like then that becomes your focus your character's face and their expressions become the scenery yeah that is your sprawling field is 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 seeing a moment where you could see that strain yeah. and somebody holding back it's, tears and all of that. That is your scenery. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a a lesson in in, in constraint, right? And and not wanting to do crazy angles from underneath the fucking table or something like that. It's a it's a matter of like we shot it from a keyhole. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and there was some blocking, right? They they moved around the room a little bit just to 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 because you would, right? I don't think you would ever just sit in a chair for two hours. Talk, you know what I mean? You would yeah. move around and get up and move over here well you got the water and, and yeah. like yeah came back. and so that that was the, the so there was this one thing <laughs> <laughs> and i actually wanted to talk like i was hoping we had him on because i wanted to ask if it was a purposeful thing because mm -hmm. i did notice it and mm -hmm. i and i was wondering if it was if it was trying to convey an emotion that i comp that completely went over my head is that a lot of the film felt very bright and mm -hmm. very hot Mm -hmm. And so I was curious if that was like purposeful or if that was just, you know, if there was a meaning behind it or if it was just an aesthetic he, that he was going for or the DP was going for for any specific reason. I was curious about that because it was something I noticed. Mm. Um, now, a, a person that doesn't have a film background like us, I don't know if they may notice it Probably as much. Not. But for me, I was like, that's definitely a choice to do that. And I was curious as to what that choice was. Because I, I, I don't want to say it was distracting, but it was something I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I did notice it as well. Um, but also, um, I, I think that the, the DP for this, which is Ryan Jackson Healy, um, doesn't hasn't been uh, doing this for very long in terms of like uh, features. 
um i think there was like a couple they did like some like super indie stuff i think this is probably one of the biggest things that they've done if i uh if i read that correctly i don't quite remember mm-hmm. um but there, he's definitely like an indie cinematographer um so maybe he's not had to deal with that before right? no, i don't no. know but i think that like this speaks for those moments where we go <clears throat> you know it doesn't always have to be perfect it doesn't right. always have to be right. perfect and this is that could, it could it could be as simple as an answer as that where it's like they really wanted to feel like you were there and you know, if you were there, those light, those windows would be really freaking bright, and so yeah. we wanted to capture that. And I that's, would, that's I would, fine. I just want, I didn't know. I would kind of also love if we were able to ask the DP, like, "Hey, was it intentional that the windows be that bright?" And they're like, "No, right." I just uh, like we we filmed this in three days, right, right? And we didn't have time to like block out all those windows, and it was I super think, bright. Though, if you can, if you can, af- I don't know, afford. Uh, who knows and out and, and what's but people face and a lot of actors, actors take on a lot of actors take on smaller yeah. jobs you know so who knows if this Especially was like, like passion projects yeah if this was so. if this was a passion project and you know the, the the budget was low i don't i didn't like look into that um yeah i'm just really surprised that this didn't get more recognition but to your point it goes to show that the, the oscars they don't care about their best performance they care about a good performance in a film that's popular. The the, the you know director of this also is an actor. Just so you know, yeah. um, he he is he was like in Cabin in the Woods, uh, The Village, the new movie Julia about Julia Child, Homecoming, Jungle Land, which we saw. Like he's he's been in a ton of shit. He's an actor, yeah. uh, so that's like just even more impressive for me that you know this was his film and uh first film i think that he directed uh and i thought it was just really brilliantly done and yeah like the 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 windows and the 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 temperature in the room was like noticeable but it just goes to i don't know that the the performance and the story were so strong that it was like as filmmakers we're going to notice that because we always notice that but i was able to kind of move past that pretty quickly versus but that's when we watched stuff i don't want to assume it was a mistake no, we don't. I don't know. You but know. like I kind of it's kind of OK either way for me. Sure. Whereas a lot of times we've watched stuff, right, that we know has a bigger budget, whatever. Story's not as good. And all I can focus on is like, why is this all blown out or why? Like the focus is weird or it's too soft or, yeah. you know, uh, because n- nothing else is pulling me in. It is something we're going to notice because we're just wired that way mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that's kind of blown out. Um, but I immediately was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know? And went right back into the performances, and that's that speaks that speaks for your abilities uh, as a DP, really, to be able to kind of like have that and still pull people in, whether it was intentional or not. Um, you're, you're still pulling people in with. I think that's that's a bigger challenge, right? Because as a DP, when somebody gives you the most beautiful landscape, half the work is kind of done for you. Yeah. Right. When when you've yeah. got when you're it's filming the reason, in the Swiss Alps, it's, the it's like we don't film everything in our exactly house, exactly you know? you know it's exactly and when when we did a vital sign that was like oh 170 something acres of you know fucking countryside yeah that's half the work right there that'll Some help old ass like uh, you know we have we the aesthetic of the of the uh, the the aesthetic of the the area and the and the house itself did so much work for me yeah as a DP, and le- you know? it's not like you know. Like our equipment is terrible, but we don't have an Ari or a Red. You know, we're filming on a Black Magic. Um, we have photography lenses, not cinema lenses. So a beautiful backdrop and a beautiful uh, uh, environment it it means a lot for us. It's very important, mm-hmm. and so kind of, we kind of go out of our way for that because we can't rely on a you know a thirty thousand dollar camera to to make the inside of a room look completely beautiful because we don't have the lighting and the lenses to to compensate for that. Yeah. Um, so. This to me is like, this is a really good example of someone who has a good eye because they captured the emotion. That was the important part. What was going on around them was unimportant. You always want to make that look as good as you can either way. I mean, that's, you know, always a goal uh, cinematography wise. But um, I think that speaks more for someone who's like, you know, who's who's filming on a $50,000 camera with $100,000 worth of lenses. Like, well, yeah, no shit. That looks great. You were filming in, you know a fucking jungle somewhere like you know you got beautiful shit to look at yeah and you have amazing equipment so yeah that's going to look good um but i i just really really enjoyed this film i i urge people to watch it it was on hulu when we watched it i'm assuming it's still on there um it's definitely worth 
The View. It's called Mass. Mass. Such a such a good film. Such a good film. Maybe maybe the writer director will come on eventually. Eventually, yeah. but seeing that he is an actor, I'm assuming he's incredibly busy. So mm. that's you know. Maybe too he just thinks we're gorilla? stupid. Too busy for the gorilla? What Maybe the he was fuck? like, I checked out your site. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and that is a possibility as well. Um, and, and that's fine. We're and not that's for everybody. Fine. That's, yeah, I get it. We're an acquired taste. Um, but that is 200 episodes of this friggin' podcast. Uh, so yeah, about four years, I guess. I don't know. My math's not great. Yeah. I'd say we've been doing this. I think we started in 2018. So that June of 2018. So almost four years. Yeah. Going on four years. Not quite yet. Um, but you know, we haven't missed. Pretty much all of my 40s I've spent editing this <laughs> podcast on Saturdays and Sundays. That's true. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. We have, um, we've had, I think, I can count on one hand how many times we had to like film two things, uh, record twice in a week because yeah. we had something going on or I got really sick once and then, yeah. but like. That's like 10% of the whole thing. Yeah, I think 10% of it was just like snags, but we've been able to release every week. It's kind of a goal for us. We didn't want to start this. record and release every week, not just... A lot of people will batch these out. I don't like that. Too much shit happens. Well, when you have guests on, like if all we did is have guests on, I can kind of maybe see that because you're at the mercy of the guest schedule. Yeah, but what if they Will Smith on you? Yeah. Right? (laughs) You... Yeah. You're like, shit, if we should have released Murray that because they you. just slapped the shit out of somebody on stage. And now I don't know if we should release this episode. Do it. <laughs> you get the clickbait. Will Smith bears all, you know, but not about the slap. Even bad news is good news. Bad. There's no, ba- no bad publicity. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We're just uh, 200 more episodes. I don't know. See you in another four years. I mean, yeah. who knows? I don't know when it's going to end. Maybe somebody some... right now is like, guys, it's like. You remember you just talked about Stranger Things? <laughs> yeah. It's done. Yeah. You're done. Well, we're not spending $30 million an episode, so. No. We don't even spend $30 an episode. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. We, we spend all our money. We don't even have $30,000 for an entire film, so yeah. uh, let alone $30 million. But yeah, I, I don't know. This is it's uh, It's been a journey. We're still on it. We're glad that you've been here with us through it, and we appreciate it. And uh, we hope we don't bore you to death too much. Yeah. Um, all also shout out to MoGraph. All of those tickets have sold out, I believe, for yeah. the Camp MoGraph. So if you didn't get them, um, I don't they're know, maybe in, there's like a black in, market something yeah. you can jump on. Somebody will, you know, you can give somebody your kidney for. Yeah, they're in, they're in NAB this week. And so I think next week we have a guest, but I may try to talk a little bit about any if there's any crazy NAB announcements, which there generally isn't anything. Hmm. If there's something that's huge and crazy, that usually comes out before yeah. because they don't want to get lost in the in the mix of all the things. But if anything crazy comes of NAP, we'll talk about it next week at some point, you know, Okay. after the guest, if we have one or whatever. Yep, we'll figure it out. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.